Well, welcome back to Ministry Now. We're so glad you're joining us. We, I'm just so excited about this show, Joni. <laughs> when people talk about the anointing of God, you know, a lot of people ask, what do they mean? And what does operating in the anointing look like in our modern world today? Well, who better to talk with us about this than someone who's experienced the anointing and the power and the manifestation of God throughout his life and his ministry. Would you please help me welcome Pastor Benny Hinn. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Josh, I'm a good friend. I want to give you a too. Welcome to Daystar. Well, thank <laughs> you. It's so lovely to be with Joni and you, Joshua, and you look fabulous. Oh, thank you. And I like the fact you don't have socks on. I like that. <laughs> well, it's the Australian pastor. Yeah, yes, in, it is, yeah. in Australia, we, we're just super casual. We don't like wearing shoes or anything like that. I love it. Like that. You've been... Um, you've had a phenomenal ministry, and I just want to thank you for being consistent for so long and just having a heart to minister around the world and bring heaven to earth and let people encounter Jesus. I was one of those people in the early 90s as a little boy in Australia. You were doing um, a meeting there and I felt the presence and the power of God like I've never felt before and it marked my life. So on behalf of thank the millions God. of people that have been blessed by your ministry, I just want to thank you. Thank you, Joshua. You're so kind to say that. And I'm very glad to be here today because I do want to talk about the Lord and what the Lord has been doing, not only in my life, but I feel now I'm in a season different than I've ever been in before. Uh, I'm almost 70. I'll be 70 in December. And I've been ministering now nearly 48 something years. It's a long time. I began when I was 21. And I want to say thank you for having me because I want to talk about the anointing. I've learned a lot about the anointing I did not know existed. And that's why I wrote this book with charisma called The Mysteries of the Anointing. And people are reading it. We're getting amazing reports from people who said I could not put it down. Because what, what I talk about are things people do not maybe understand about the anointing. Yeah. I want, to, I want you to get into that. Pastor Benny, but one of the things I want people to hear that you may not have ever heard Pastor Benny share before is, and again, welcome today, Thank Daystar. You. you know, my sweetheart was entering his 50th year mm. of ministry. He started when he was 15. We we're in our 40th year of marriage, and he's now graduated to the other side where we all want to go one day. Yeah. For here, we will occupy until he comes. But you tell about how you got saved. And I love that story um, because you actually saw some things by way of the Spirit. Can you share that quickly, how you came to know the Lord in 1972? Well, I had a dream. Prior to that, naturally, I saw the Lord when I was 11 in Israel. I was sharing that with Susanna. What a blessed daughter you have, by the way. Um, but the Lord visited me when I was 11 because my mom had dedicated me to the Lord prior to my birth. And we were not saved at that time. And I, of course, tell the story in Good Morning, Holy Spirit. But I had a dream. And in my dream, the night before I was saved, I saw myself with a group of prisoners going down a pit. Weren't you chained? Chained, correct. One yeah. to another. All of us dressed in prison robe, uh, prison outfits, whatever you call them, guards. And there was these 
half human, half animal creatures that were uh, leading us. And suddenly, I saw an angel of the Lord as we're going down deeper and deeper, and he motioned to me to come, and suddenly my chains fell off, and a door opened out of nowhere, and he took me by the hand, and now I'm flying with him over the city of Toronto, and I, he took me right to a corner, right where George Vanney High School is on Don Mills Avenue. And so that was my school that I was attending. I did not realize that corner was the corner of the library in the school. So a, a group of young people had been after me for a long time. Every day they'd say, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you. And I thought they were all not mentally there <laughs> because I never been around people like that. I grew up as Greek Orthodox, very religious. I was an ultra boy in church and all that. So they came that morning, they said, would you come to the prayer meeting? And I was only going to do it just to get rid of them. I said, fine. So we go to that library, not knowing that window was outside that corner where I was put there by the angel the, that same night. Well, anyways, they start praying in tongues. As they did, I was a little shaken up, and I felt this numbness come over me. And I did not know how to come to the Lord, so I just said, come back, Jesus, come back, thinking he left, you see. And that day was so amazing. I'm sitting in French class. We were studying the French Revolution, and I'm crying, saying, Jesus, I love you, Jesus, I love you. And my cousin, Selwa, who is now a very famous doctor in Canada, said, shh, 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 and she did not want me to say anything. And I still remember that amazing morning. But it was on that Thursday, and I saw the Lord coming towards me in class, literally. That's why I was crying. But that Thursday, I went to hear Lorne Cunningham. That was the first time I heard the gospel very clearly in a place called the Catacombs. Mervyn Muller Watson led it. They're still alive. In fact, I just talked to them. She wrote the song Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. It was written by Muller Watson. Wow. Yeah, and I was actually in her house when she wrote it wow. Wow. in the 70s. The precious people live in Vancouver. But that was the beginning of my transformation. And then it was Catherine Kuhlman, uh, not long after that, that I went to see. And that's when I met the Holy Spirit. So it's been a wonderful life, amazing life. Well, I know you want to jump in here, so I'll let <laughs> yeah, you do it, yeah. on the Holy Spirit, yeah, the, the anointings, that are the three different anointings you talk yeah, about. Yeah. So I do want to get into that. I think that's so interesting. And a lot of people don't understand that there, there is a, there's an inner, an outer. I mean, yeah. I, want to, I want you to talk about all that. Ahead, I, I've read the book that you wrote on Catherine Coleman um, and, you know, how, how you learned a lot. But something, Pastor Benny, I want to ask you is... Um, a lot of people see the success um, that you enjoy, you know, in the ministry yeah. and the power of God moving through. But your wife went through a personal crisis and um, that actually helped um, form the book, you know, The Mysteries of the Anointing. Could you um, share with our viewers about and we can well, share, Let me show a picture, too, of my dear friend, Suzanne. I love her and uh, her and Pastor Benny. There they are right there. And... Um, 
how many years now you guys been married? Oh my goodness, we were married in 1979. Uh, the season I talk about in the book, but I didn't want to give any details. I can tell you now, so we'll tell the world too. It was the divorce. And uh, dear Sue, I love dearly, had a crisis because of what happened to her dad. And we shared all that publicly, uh, both of us. But that three years, 2010, 11, and 12, were the worst years of our lives. So Sue at that time was challenged with some problems that we all talked about, so that could have happened to anybody, frankly. But I would go minister, and God would use me so powerfully. Yet our personal life and my personal walk with God began to be harmed because of the, the war going on with the lawyers. Divorce is a terrible thing. And so here we were fighting for our survival. Our family was falling apart. My precious Jessica and Michael were having their own challenges. Tashi, Joshua, Lily. Lily ran away from home because they, they couldn't handle all the problems that divorce brings. And uh, seeing my family fall apart was very hard and really hard for any parent. But I would go minister and come back and think, how could God use me when my own spiritual life was drying up? It was affecting my prayer time with the Lord. The only thing that kept me was the fact I kept reading the Bible, but my fellowship struggled. And then I, I would come home sometimes not only puzzled, but very upset because I, I, I began seeing the anointing on my ministry as a burden I had to carry, and I had no strength within. And finally, I went to the Bible. I said, there's only one place I can find out because nobody ever told me. Otto Roberts helped me a lot in those years. God love him. He was amazing. He and Jack Hayford and, and Paul Crouch were, were the only three people I could talk to about ministry and just, you know, stay where I didn't drown. <clears throat> so um, I, to my amazement, I began reading 1 John. And in 1 John, he talked about a heresy in those days that was going around, that Jesus was not deity. And some were saying he didn't come in the flesh. And then he made this statement. He said, but the anointing which is in you teaches you truth. Mm. And that anointing in you does not lie. In other words, no deception. And that anointing will teach you all things you don't need anyone else to teach. I'm thinking, wait, now this has nothing to do with the anointing that comes upon a person when they minister, because this is talking about an anointing in you, not on you, an anointing that protects you from deception. I'm thinking, wait a minute. I know in my life and from the Bible that some were anointed who were actually deceived, like Balaam. Balaam, yeah. Or had a devil like Saul. So I began looking more into the anointing within. And I began looking for it throughout the word. Like, you know, in Ephesians 3.20, it talks about the, the power within us. 
1 John 2.20, on and on. I can keep going for a whole day with you on that. And I thought, okay, that anointing has nothing to do, that anointing of 1 John 2.27, 2.20, Ephesians 3 and on, has nothing to do with the ministry. That's with my life. Wow. And then I began discovering through the Word and experience and questions back and forth with Oral and others were, were suddenly I realized, wait a minute. When, when I got saved, I became hungry without anyone telling me I will be hungry for the Lord. When I got saved, everything in me knew I was saved without someone telling me I'm in. I didn't have no angel come tell me. I didn't have anybody prophesy that over me. And when I got saved, everything in me wanted to love Jesus, whom I had never seen. And then I said, ah, that's the And that's where the journey began. And God restored your marriage? Totally restored our marriage. Was, was that around the same time? The marriage was restored three years later, but those three years was like going to a Holy Ghost school, and I did not know I was in school. But then Oral gave me an answer one day that changed my world. I was thinking, and you know, he and I would talk sometimes once a week, sometimes twice a week, because he was my, my close neighbor. He didn't uh, live far from me. But I would see him at least twice a month or three times a month. And one day I said, and I would sit for hours with him. I said, Doc, call him Doc. I said, how can God use somebody and I was thinking about somebody I knew. So how can God use somebody so powerful? And then that man go and sleep with a woman right after. And he looked at me and said, the anointing, Benny. Huh? Say it again? The anointing. So what do you mean the anointing? And he began explaining to me the anointing that comes on an individual. He said, do you notice how when that man is anointed, for ministry, he becomes very intense. Yeah. Emotional. Yes. Discerning. Yes. He said, that anointing stirs everything. It only affects the body and the emotions. Wow. I said, tell me, explain that. So he said, well, the anointing that comes on people doesn't affect their spirit at all. And then it began coming together like a big puzzle began, you know, forming. Because now I said, okay, there's a difference between the one inside of you, which has nothing to do with the one that comes on you. But there's one on you that has nothing to do with the one inside of you. And the one on you is carried by the one inside of you. Wow. Think about a, a pillar, strong pillar in, in you, carrying a big basket on top of you. The, the anointing in you is dependent on your hunger for God. The anointing on you is dependent on the hunger of the people for the gifts. So that's why that verse, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Correct. Because that's the outside, if Correct. you will. That's the empowering anointing. Empowering. And, and the thing is, Joni, is that Oro helped me understand, so I give him the credit and thank God that he, he opened the doors for me to understand. And then I did more research on my own. But he said this. He said, the presence of God in you, Benny, well, what he began with was quite shocking too, and I won't share all, everything he said about it. He said, listen, he said, every one of us has at least one weakness. And he told me his, which was, I almost fell on the floor when he said that. 
He said, every one of us has at least one weakness. He said, most have more than one. But he, but he said, there's one only God knows about. Of course, he didn't tell me that one. He said, there's one only God knows about. Yeah, you're right. He said, the presence of God keeps that weakness in us or weaknesses in us shriveled. He said, when we spend time with the Lord, the weakness we've all been born with have nowhere to go in God's presence, only in God's presence. So he said, when the anointing comes upon someone, that weakness has nowhere to go. So the, the anointing stirs only the, the good in that man physically or emotionally. But he said, if the presence of God is absent, if that man has not spent time with God, that weakness is loose. And the anointing stirs it. Hmm. He said, that's why the greatest men have fallen after the greatest moments. Wow. And so... That's what he said to me. That I'm thinking about you, Josh, when you've, you've seen great men and women of God used in worship and ministry yes. and play before people and people get healed and there's an anointing there. But then off stage, the character won't line up with what just happened. That's what you're talking about. Because yeah. the abiding presence of God, that's the end. It's completely different is more important very much so than the empowering which is on the outside that's why i wrote the book so you got it you've got to develop that personal relationship and time with god Thank is you. that what you had to do during yes. the three years yeah is god was like you know you're doing all this benny but you got to spend time with me personally had i not learned that i would not be sitting here talking today because the ministry destroys people who are not walking with the lord wow. becomes an enemy frankly look, look what happened to saul yeah he was still called the Lord's anointed by David, but he, he had a demon. Mm. And finally he was destroyed. No relationship with God. Think about Balaam. You know, people sometimes ignore when they read, for example, Numbers 24 verse 1. What it says, he did not use enchantments in that prophecy. Wow. And they keep reading, not realizing, wait a minute. What? Enchantments? Yeah, he was involved in witchcraft. Mm. But he didn't use witchcraft for the third prophecy because it had to do with the Messiah's coming. He had the first two. Here, here's a man gifted prophetically and yet had a, had a demon <laughs> and ended up being killed by Moses and the children of Israel. But think about the mixture. Yes. It's possible then to have mixture where someone can be anointed by God for ministry, but their own personal life has a devil. You know, I can share a story, Pastor Benny, I think I've told you this before, but with our audience to kind of help you understand, we're going to talk about that third anointing as well. But the first one we're talking about, he was talking about that abiding anointing that is on the inside. That's when the Holy Spirit has a, you surrender to him. Yep. You allow him to lead you through the day. I mean, that's how I start my day every day is with him, listening to him for instruction. And, um, but then that empowering anointing is on, on the outside. When you see great uh, miracles happen with, with men and women of God, we've seen that all of our life. And one of those stories was with my assistant. She's retired now, but in 1990 at your church in Florida, you'll remember this service because you were up ministering and the presence of the Lord came and you said, you talk about this in the book too, ministers know when to stop and allow God to do what he wants to do in a service. That's so important. So many ministers need to learn that. 
but you stopped and you said, the presence of the Lord is here. I'm leaving the stage. I'm putting a chair in the middle of the stage and Jesus is coming to sit in the chair and people are going to be healed tonight. Do you remember that service? Oh, I remember. Okay, so Sam McNeil, my assistant, um, she wouldn't mind me sharing some of her stories. She uh, had a demonic father. He got saved before he died, but I mean, demon-possessed. Her mother committed suicide when she was 16. She found the body. She was in and out of um, institutions for depression and bipolar, okay? And so she was saved and spirit-filled, but she still struggled with the bipolar. She was in the back of the church that night, and you said, I'm leaving the stage. The first people to come down were little children with their hands raised up to go to the altar. Then she said, the Holy Spirit said to her, Sam, I hope I'm saying this right, um, do not be afraid. I will in no way cast you aside. Come, and I will heal you. She gets up out of her seat. She's been prayed for a hundred times, okay? Bipolar is a serious thing. She goes down to the altar, and she said, it was like a hand came through her brain and just cleared her mind and like warm oil from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. You weren't even on the platform. And God miraculously healed her, and she said, I opened my eyes and I could think clearly for the very first time. That is a continuing miracle of 20, 30 years. And that is one of those empowering, right? Yeah. Okay. Because the empowering anointing can be transferred. Yeah. The inner cannot. So when the Lord spoke to me that day and said, I am releasing that, mm -hmm. so you leave now. Yeah. And he literally began ministering to, the, to his people. I had a service where I was in the hotel and the power of God kept flowing on the stage. So like today, you can listen to a tape of Catherine Kuhlman and feel that anointing, but she's in heaven. Yeah. yeah. So the anointing on an office can actually come back through a tape. It's true. Through a book. Yes. The person doesn't have to be there. That's true. So, but the anointing within never leaves you. I want to encourage you, if you've got a prayer need, the anointing is here. I feel God's presence. I want you to call that toll-free number on your screen. And uh, at the end of this program, Pastor Benny, in the power of the Holy Spirit, he's going to pray and believe uh, for your breakthrough. So call that number and get your prayer request in. That's good. We are going to pray at the end of the program today. So do you want to keep talking here? Or, Please. Or do you want to transition over? What would you? What do you feel like the Lord's going I to feel like talking a little more. Okay. And then uh, if, you, if we have time, okay. I guess I'm supposed to go over there and yeah. talk. Okay, so you talked about the abiding anointing. You talked about the empowering anointing. How do you get both of those in your life. And then I also want to get to the third anointing, let you talk about that for just okay, a Okay, well, first of all, God Almighty, because of His presence within us, causes hunger in us, faith and love to grow. And that's the, the abiding anointing. Now, what happens is a great hunger develops for the Scriptures. And as we begin to go through the Scriptures, that's when we, become, we begin to be transformed into the image of the Lord. And it, it grows within us. Now, what is amazing is God says, all right, now I can trust that person with an anointing 
upon them, but he gives that reluctantly. It takes time before God trusts us with the anointing upon, because this is very important for people to understand. God is in control of the one within, but he gives us the control of the one upon us. In other words, we can do whatever we want with it. The, the most dangerous words, I think in the whole Bible, were spoken by Samuel to Saul when he said, the Spirit of God will come on you, you'll be turned into another man. And then he told him what would happen that day, he said you will meet certain priests and so on coming from Mount Tabor. And then he said this, he said, do as occasion will serve you. Very dangerous words. Meaning, once the anointing comes upon you, you can use it any way you want to. Mm. And we see it in the Bible. We see it with Balaam and others. But here's what it means. It means that when the Lord trusts you with it reluctantly, if you do not do what John has talked about, you spend time with God, you keep the relationship strong, and the hunger grows, and the faith grows, and the love for the, for the Lord grows, and now you're deeper in the Word, deeper in the Lord, you're being transformed, but one day you decide, I'm going to walk away from the Lord. So you walk away from Him, and God is so gracious, He doesn't walk away from us too quickly, because He loves us. Mm. But if we keep rebelling and sinning, eventually He will just pull away and pull away. To the place it could become so dangerous that he'll pull away altogether like he did with Saul. But what happens is the gift stays. Yes. But now that gift becomes polluted or a mixture. Example, 1 Kings 18, uh, 1 Samuel 18, I should say, Saul prophesies with a demon influencing him to prophesy he wants to kill David. Remember? Mm -hmm. David is playing the harp. He starts to prophesy by a demon and now wants to kill David. First uh, Samuel 19, he's looking for David. He, he goes to a place called Naoth and he comes under the influence of the anointing of Samuel. What does he do? Prophesy by the spirit. But he's on the floor naked all day, all night. Well, that's not exactly God there, huh? Mm. That's a mixture. What he said was by the Spirit. What he did was by the flesh. Mixture. Yes. We see it so many, so many times. That's what, what happens when the Lord pulls away and the gift stays. Today, the most dangerous move in America is the prophetic because some of it is a mixture. Yeah. Why? Because they leave the border of redemption. Mm. See, redemption is the border of the prophetic. Yes. So anyone who goes outside that border goes into mixture. That's all I'm going to say about it now. Mm. But we have to be so careful with that. Why? Because it damages people's lives. Yes. And so it's what is important, like Joni said earlier, develop the relationship with the Lord, that anointing within you, will cause God to do exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think according to the power residing yes. in you. That's good. I know, Joni, you're going to want to get to this third, this third point. The prophetic anointing. The, the prophetic anointing. But just before we do, 
What Pastor Benny is sharing with us, I believe is gonna set you free from hurt because we've seen people that we love and we respect and we're like, God, we see you move in them and then they go and do this or they go and do that. But what Pastor Benny is providing us with is the knowledge my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. What Pastor Benny is doing is he's explaining the anointing. So as our eyes are on Jesus, as our focus is on Jesus, when we see the great falling away, when we see great men and women of God maybe not live up to what they have been uh, meaning, meaning to do and should be doing, uh, we can't let that affect our heart and our relationship with God because it's, as you say, Pastor Benny, it's they're mixing the the anointing and maybe something Well, else. here's and that's the why you wrote the book. I mean, that's, that's why I wrote the book, but, yeah. you know, people need to read the book to see why and what it means all because I'm only giving so, so you know, little information today because of, of time, but I want to say something because I sense this, that some people have been injured by this because a pastor or a preacher who has a great ministry living in sin and they're wondering how can they be yeah. living in sin well, because the anointing on them stirs the sin because the Lord's gone. Yeah. And when, they, when, when it stirs the weakness, like Oval said, right after they preach, they, 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 they can't help it but go sin. Why? The anointing upon them stirred the weakness. So they go do it again, whether it's drunkenness or adultery or whatever. Yeah, and it's also uh, moving away from Scripture where you see the apostate church yes. rising up today. And the, and the Bible told us this would happen. And there's that deception where, okay, let's just make the Bible relevant. And there are some things that we can work with and some things that aren't really relevant to culture today. And that is so dangerous. Very dangerous. The Word of God is one of the most important aspects of all of this. The Word of God is all we have. One thing I'm, I'm going to say, listen to me. Satan never questioned the authority of the Bible. Because when the Lord said it is written, the devil never argued. Yeah. So if Satan doesn't question the authority of the Bible, shame on the pastors that question the authority of the Bible. So good. Think about that. So good. You know, there's so much in here. I love what you talk about praise, when you talk about worship. And the practice of God's presence that keeps us alive. Yeah, the well, and that's something that, I mean, Marcus and I have known you for years. We've been in many of your crusades and always would notice that you understood how to welcome the presence of God into a place and that, that it would be the presence of God that would touch people. And that's exactly what you're talking about, that empowering anointing, right? So talk a little bit about, because again, we're barely scratching the surface. So you need to get the book. Those of you that are interested, Mysteries of the Anointing. And I really sense that there are people watching that you need to pray for your pastor or for that man of God that you know we can all think of someone with great talent and gifting and ability that have made serious mistakes. We need to pray for God to do something in their heart where they can understand what Pastor Vinny's talking about, that abiding anointing. Because, you know, we want to see reconciliation. We want to see restoration. The church has failed miserably at helping men and women with that. But let's talk a little bit for just a moment about the prophetic. Yes. The mystery Must of the I prophetic. talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but I want to say just one quickie, if you don't mind. My restoration started when I was in my bedroom, and I can say this to the whole world, I came to the edge of destruction. Wow. Mm. Had, had it not been for the Lord's 
love for me, I would not be sitting here. And after those three years of terrible trials, yet the ministry continued and nobody could tell the difference because the anointing kept flowing in the meetings, yet my life was, not, was falling apart. I'm walking in my, in, in my bedroom, and I have fallen in love with Jesus so deeply because of that moment, because he, I, I saw his heart. He spoke to me for the first time in three years, and he said, I'm just waiting for you to come back home, Benny. And I fell on the floor weeping, because I thought he left me. Mm. And the restoration happened so quickly, my heart was inflamed with love for this amazing, merciful Redeemer, Jesus. And so today I look back, I'm a different Benny Hinn. Five years ago, the Lord said to me, stop watching TV, cancel cable, cancel direct. I cancel it all. I spend my day and my nights now in the Word. Wow. And I've never had such peace. And what about your family? Oh, Tell they love it. Tell us about Jessica and They Michael. love it. Oh, my, they're doing what great. God has blessed Michael and Jessica with is amazing. Michael Koulianos. Koulianos, yeah. yeah. Uh, Suzanne looked at me not long ago. She, she said, I've never heard you talk like this. Because, you know, when the Lord changes you, your family sees it. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm not, you know, uh, the Lord said you're in the world, but you're not off the world. So I'm aware of what's happening. I just have detached myself because it's not how you start that matters. It's how you finish. Yeah. See, now you wanted me to talk about the prophetic and I'll spend only a few minutes. It's a big, vast subject. <clears throat> One day I'll probably write a book separately. We decided not to put a lot in the book because we don't want to stir the whatever. But there's four realms of the prophetic. There's the office, there's the spirit, and then there's the gift. So, you know, we'll talk about the fourth later. It's the gift that has caused such heartache. Mm. Because every Christian can prophesy, but they have to stay within the border of redemption. And it has to be for edification, exhortation, and comfort, period. Now, there are individuals that God has called as prophets. The office of a prophet would be like Oral Roberts, even though he didn't call himself that. Or John Paul Jackson. John Paul Jackson and others. There's wonderful people out there that yeah. really have a great ministry that builds people's lives. We need them, okay? And it's very rare, and they normally don't call themselves a prophet. Exactly. <laughs> but you got people with 30 people in their church, and suddenly they're a prophet or an apostle. That's a joke. Forgive me. In many cases, it is. It's you know, laughable. But who is a real prophet? Number one, someone recognized by the church. Number two, someone anointed to, to give you specific instructions that can save your life, mm. protect your family. I'm sitting with Oral. I'm about to go to Liberia. I always would go to say, pray for me before I went on some trip internationally. That one trip he stares. And, and because I would go and just kneel to say, pray for me, I'm leaving for India or Africa. And he stared and stared and stared till I got so nervous. He, he looks at me and says, you go to Liberia, you'll come back in a casket, and God will judge you for dying early. 
I don't know. And I was invited by the president of Liberia years ago. John Jimenez gave me the letter because I was friends with him. I called John Jimenez. I said, I'm not going. This was a week before the crusade. What do you mean no, you're not going? I said, Oral told me I would die if I go. I said, I can't go. You believe that? You bet I believe that. That's Oral Roberts talking. <laughs> he was very upset. Had I gone, the exact dates of the crusade, they had a civil war. Wow. The president was overthrown. People were killed. Wow. In Liberia, was on the news years ago, and I w- would have been one of them. What if I didn't listen to Oro? Mm. That's a prophet. Yeah. Who else is a prophet? Billy Graham, who never called himself a prophet, and others like them. So it's very dangerous when we trust people without longevity. The, the, the real proof that the anointing has worked well in someone's life is one word, longevity. Yeah. Jack Haber looked at me one day and said, you know why I believe now God is really with you? He said, we've watched you for years, God using you for years. He said, longevity, Benny, you wouldn't be here if, if God wasn't in, 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 in your life. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Now, I do want to talk, because we don't have much time, about the anointing for the world. Because people use Isaiah 10, 27, the yoke will break. Well, what, when, when God talks about the anointing breaking the yoke, he was talking about the Assyrian kingdom being broken off Israel. Because you have to look at the context. You know, the, the, the problem uh, we have today, two men caused us great harm with the Bible. One divided the Bible into chapters, who was an Englishman, and another divided the Bible into verses, who was a Frenchman. So people focus on the text, not the context. Yeah. We have to look at the whole letter or the whole book to see the message Mm. of Scripture. So in Isaiah, it was talking about the Assyrian kingdom being broken off Israel. There is an anointing, John, amazingly, we don't talk about it a lot in the book because we really ran out of space. Would have been a much bigger book, and we don't want that. Okay, what's keeping Israel today? How can a people come back after 2,000 years? How can they come back speaking the same language? The power of God. There's no other question for it. No other answer for it, I should say. The power of God is the anointing that kept Israel alive. What is Babylon? Gone. How about the ancient Egyptians? How about Moabites and all the ites? Gone. The Jews are still here. What power is that? The power of God. So great, it kept a language alive. Mm. Not only a people, but a language. Think about Moses walking into Egypt, destroying it with a stick. Can a stick destroy a land? No. What was it? The power of God. Yeah. And God says to Jeremiah, I've put my word in your mouth to build nations and destroy them. How? By the anointing. So he walks and prophesies against Babylon, and everything he sees says happens. Speaks against Israel. It happens. Their captivity and their restoration by the anointing. That's what I mean by the third one. And the third anointing, we don't always see it in action, 
because it's a global one that can touch the whole world. Billy Graham, maybe nobody even considered that. He changed the world. Yeah. Well, he didn't have a healing ministry. He didn't lay hands on people. What anointing is that? That has presidents, even communists, honoring him. In Hollywood. You got, exactly. Yeah. yeah. The anointing that he, at times, it wasn't always there. Nobody can have it all the time. That shook America. Mm. Changed this nation. In the 70s, you had healing evangelists on daily shows on secular TV because of Billy's influence. That's, we'll talk about that later. That's amazing. Well, we have used up all our time, if you I can love believe it. it. But it's been so good. It's been so rich. You're calling. Continue to call. That's why that toll-free number's on the screen. It's our honor and privilege to pray for you here at Daystar. We get prayer requests that come in from around the world. We pray over those every day. But we're going to ask Pastor Benny to pray for these that I have in my hand right now. People are still calling. Uh, many people on the line. But um, what do you see quickly in about a minute God doing with Benny Hinn knowing that the abiding anointing is strong in your life now? Benny Hinn is dying very quickly. <laughs> I mean the flesh. Yes. He's dying. My only prayer today is to be accepted in the presence of God. Yeah. And I cannot be accepted if I have entangled my life in the world. The Bible says a soldier cannot be entangled in the affairs of his life. My love for the Lord has intensified my desire for his favor is deep and I spend much time in the scriptures now in such a way that I open the Bible and start crying. Not because of anything I have done, it's the depth God is bringing me in. It's like the, the scales came off. Joni, I will finish well because I have decided to finish well. Amen. And nothing will stop me. That's beautiful and that's wonderful and we 100% stand in agreement with you for not only that abiding anointing, but God is still going to use that empowering anointing to touch many people. Yeah. But this book is so important. It's so important, folks, that you have a personal relationship with the Lord that is so intimate. He desires that above everything else, that we spend quality time with Him. That's one of my love languages. So easy for me to spend time with the Lord because I'm a quality time person. But thank you for writing the book. I want to encourage everyone to get it. Mysteries of the Anointing. It's sold everywhere, by the way. Sold everywhere. Let me pass this, Josh. And Pastor Benny, will you pray for all of those as we leave the air today? Yes, ma'am. Lord. Jesus, Jesus. Wonderful Lord. Precious Redeemer. Yes. You know us better than we know ourselves. You see the pain in their hearts, the cry for deliverance, and you have promised to answer because you're Jesus. Touch your people, Lord. Amen. Well, hey, I know you've been blessed by the program today. Again, pick up Pastor Benny's book, Mysteries of the Anointing. It has been a delight for me today to listen to Pastor Benny. I haven't heard all of this until I read through the book before he came. And uh, we look forward to having you back as you write your next book and just share with us what God is showing you.
But I just believe that today is a new day for many of you watching right now. I just believe that God is going to touch you in a supernatural way as you press in. My grandpa used to say, Joni, don't ever let go of his hand because I'm telling you, he will never let go of your hand. Is that true, Josh? That's so true.